Good evening, Idaho Falls. It's uh, Pastor Jay down at the Bridge Church. A little different setting as you can see tonight. Uh, it is our 7 o'clock uh, Wednesday night um, worship service. I'll go over that in a second. We are going to skip worship tonight. Uh, it just didn't work out. Just keep budding your prayers, but uh, we are just going to skip that and go right into uh, our my end of our, our message, end of our series we've been doing. Uh, and again, I know it's Seems like I'm stumbling over my words a little bit, but again, I'm standing in a room talking to a camera. Uh, hopefully, I'm getting a little bit better at it. So just bear with me. Just a few announcements. Um, just want to remind everybody that we have our 9.30 a.m. online, of course. Everything I'm going to mention here is online, of course. Our 9.30 a.m. daily connection. It's a time of encouragement and uh, spiritual challenge you in your spiritual growth. It takes anywhere from 6 to 10 minutes. I think average is about 8 minutes every morning morning at 9.30, and then we, we save it so you could watch it anytime during the day. And then, of course, we have our 7 p.m. Wednesday night uh, midweek service, which we're doing tonight. And then we have our 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning online uh, service with full worship and, uh, and a message. This Sunday, of course, is Easter, and uh, I have an Easter message. It's Easter. Uh, the gift lives. Easter, the gift lives, will be right here with full worship, celebrative worship songs, and all those things are going to take place. Uh, we may not be able to meet in the building, but the church is still alive. You're the church, and I hope and pray you are being the church. Before I pray, I just want to mention that if you uh, can uh, are prepared to give a tithe and offering, you can still do that. You can go to our webpage, uh, www.bridgechurchidaho.com. You click on the Give button, and you can give electronically if that's convenient for you. If you would uh, like to just write a check, you can mail that as well to the, the Bridge Church, 2170 12th Street, Idaho Falls, Idaho, of course, 83404. Uh, thank you for faithfully supporting and giving to the church uh, especially in times like this, it's so we can continue to keep the lights on down here, even though there's minimum lights, just uh, keep the lights on and continue to do the things that we, we are doing. There's a lot happening uh, still down at the church as we prepare for when we all get back together. So thank you for supporting the ministry at our church. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you that we can come together and worship through uh, the Word, as we look at the Word of God tonight, I pray that you would challenge each one of us not to just be hearers, but doers of the Word. Challenge us to draw closer to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you, thank you for the technology, technology we have to continue to be the church, to reach, to grow, to connect, and be the body of Christ. We thank you for this time tonight. We thank you for the offering we're going to receive as well as people continue to faithfully support your kingdom, support the ministry of the Bridge Church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So this evening we are in part four. It's the final part in the series called Signs of the Time. Signs of Jesus' Return or the End of the Age. And as I have been uh, stating through this series for uh, the last uh, three times we've met, we started on a Sunday, we went to a Wednesday, and then we had a Sunday, and tonight will be the last night. So it hasn't even been four weeks, it's been two weeks. So as I have been stating throughout this series, throughout the last two weeks, my goal, my hope, and prayer is to simply 
point out what the Bible says will happen before Jesus returns to what is currently happening in our times, right? Uh, remember, I am not predicting a date of his return, only comparing current events to what the Bible uh, predicts or, or foretells. It's not really a prediction. It, it's, it's truth. And what the Bible tells us will take place before Jesus returns. So we, we are looking at, at those things. Where we are in, in the timeline of life compared to what the Bible says. So that, that was the goal and the point. Uh, not to scare people in light of the, the pandemic and the virus and the earthquake we just had in Idaho. But just interesting things happening to, so we can look. Like Jesus said, you know, like the fig tree that we looked at three week, uh, in part one. So it's, it's the same thing. When the fig tree turns and begins, you know summer is near. And so that's what we're doing, looking at signs. In, in this series, we have been looking at what Jesus told his disciples, what would happen in Matthew chapter 24 when they asked. And we're going to read that in a minute. But in part one... We saw that signs in our generation, meaning Bible prophecy and technology lining up as predicted in the book of Daniel. Part two, we saw the signs in nature that Jesus mentioned, meaning that there would be famines caused by droughts, increased earthquakes, global pestilence on the rise. Jesus said these things are the beginning of the birth pains, meaning they would increase in number and intensify before his return, just like a, a woman giving, in, uh, giving birth, right? Uh, the labor pains increase and intensify, uh, intensify before uh, the birth happens. And the same with the signs of the times. In part three, we looked at signs in society. How our world would look much like uh, the times of Noah and Lot. I was able to show you the documentation of what happened when our country decided to take prayer out of schools and teach evolution as a fact from 1960s to the 1990s. You can find that on Sunday's message. And, how, and, and we also looked at how far we have come even in the past 30 years from 1990 to 2020. And we have gone down the moral slippery slope very fast. And Jesus said that signs of the times of his return, it will be much like Noah and Lot's time. In Noah's time, we know that the, the world was so wicked that God uh, flooded the earth. And in Lot's time, we know in Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot fled. And we know that the fire and hailstones came down and destroyed those cities. And it's going to be like the same time on Jesus' return. So this leaves us where we are tonight. Signs of the times, part four. Signs in the church and signs against the church. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to be reading from Matthew 24, verses 1 through 14. If you have your Bibles and you're ready, you're ready to do some underlining or different things, I invite you to do that in your Bible as you sit at home. So here we go. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 14. Jesus left the temple and was walking away with his when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. You know, look at the temple, Jesus. Look how big and wonderful. Look at the creation. Look at our church. Look what, what man can build. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, calling his attention to these buildings as if he can't see it. And verse 2, 
Do you see all these things? He asked. This is Jesus. He asked, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone, everyone will be thrown down, meaning every stone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? The end of the age, I believe, is they're speaking about the end of the church age. Right? When the church will be gone. It's going to be at the end of that age. Uh, and then the tribulation will start. And if you, if you look on Sunday's message, you will see how I highlighted uh, what, what those events will look like. Verse 4, Jesus answered. They, so they ask him this question. What will, uh, what will be the sign? So they, they come right out. What will be the sign? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. You, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Now, this is nothing new throughout the history of man. There's been wars and rumors of wars since the beginning, but they will intensify, correct? And we hear of this happening all over. Such things must happen, but the end, the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of the birth pains, meaning they will increase in number and intensify. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. You underline that, many. After that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, like Noah and Lot's time, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And the final verse tonight, verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Though there's our assignment right there, church, to preach the gospel to the whole world. If you're sitting at home right now in quarantine and not sure what to do, preach the gospel to somebody. Share your testimony. Share of who you were before you met Christ, how you met Christ, and what he's doing in your life right now. Share that because we are God's only plan to share the gospel message to the world before the end will come. So here we see Jesus giving us a clear warning about the end times when he says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived when it comes to the church, the body of Christ. There is and will be attacks on the church. And he is clearly telling his followers to be prepared. So let's do that today. Let's, let's break down what Jesus is talking about here concerning his church in light of what is happening in the world today. The first sign, in and against the church. False messiahs. False messiahs. Jesus told his disciples there will be many, remember? There will be many who come claiming to be the Christ. 
These people will come claiming to be the Messiah or the Savior of the world. These false messiahs will teach a different gospel and lead large numbers of people astray. Listen. I want you to listen to how many number of people that, that I could find that, that's been recorded. I'm sure there's more. But listen to how many number of people claiming to be the Messiah, Jesus the Savior, has increased throughout the years. The 18th century, uh, there's just one re recorded. A lady by the name of Anne Lee, the founder and leader of the Shakers, her followers referred to her as, as, as mother, believing that she was the female incarnation of Christ on earth. False Messiah, deceiving people. The 19th century, seven, seven recorded. Here is one by the name of William Davis, leader of a group called the Kingdom of Heaven, located, uh, in, was located in Walla Walla, Washington. He taught his followers that he was the archangel Michael who had previously lived in the biblical, uh, uh, who, who, excuse me, who had previously lived as the biblical Adam, Abram, and David. When his son Arthur was born in February 11th of 1868, Davis declared that, that the infant was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. When David's second son, David, was born in 1869, he was declared to be God the Father. So, so William Davis had it all covered, didn't he? He was the archangel, right? And his son was, was Jesus, and his second son was God the Father. Many will come to deceive. In the 20 to 21st century, 27 recorded. Alan Miller, more commonly known as A.J. Miller, a former Jehovah's Witness elder and a current leader of an Australian-based divine truth movement, Miller claims to be Jesus Christ reincarnated with others in the 20th century to spread the message that he calls the divine truth. He delivers these messages in seminars and in various forms of media along, along with his current partner, Mary Suzanne Luck, who identifies herself as the returned Mary Magdalene from the Bible. Jesus said, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. And all of those that I mentioned deceived many people with the false gospel, a false Jesus. But many were deceived. We need to be careful, church, because there are many out there today, all over deceiving people claiming that they are the Savior, the Messiah. Let's look at the second sign in and against the church. Persecution. Jesus describes the coming persecution as affliction, killings, and hatred by the nations. Now, in our world today, nobody hates Christians at all, right? Right. But let's move, let, let's look at some stuff. Now, once again, these things have been happening throughout the history of church, of the church, right? It's, it's been happening, but I want you to see for yourself how the hatred for the church, for Jesus, is increasing like the birthing, birthing pains is increasing in our world. 
Listen to part of the 2020, the most current report that I found. Listen to the, the report of the 2020 World Watch List put out by Open Doors. First, let, let me explain what, what the World Watch List is. The World Watch List is an annual report on the global persecution of Christians, ranking the top uh, 50 countries where Christians are, per are persecuted for their faith. Released at the beginning of each year, the list uses data from open doors field workers and external experts to, to quantify and analyze persecution worldwide. So what that's telling us is they do their homework. Okay, they do, they do a lot. They rate on different things that happen. And, and you can find that report uh, on, their, on their webpage. I'll give it to you in a minute. But here's just part of what you can read. Here is part of their, their 2020 report. They say this, 260 million, 260 million Christians experience high levels of persecution in the top 50 countries on the world watch list. Get this, this is a 6% increase from 2019. Now here are just the top 10 on the list of 50. I'm not going to read the whole 50, but here are the top 10 on this list. Number one, North Korea. Shocker. North Korea. Number two, Afghanistan. Number three, Somalia. Number four, Libya. Number five, Pakistan. Number six, uh, Eritrea. Uh, um, number seven, Sudan. Number eight, Yemen. Number nine, Iran. And number 10 is India. More, I want to read you more statistics from, from their report. They go on to say that 2,983 Christians were killed for faith-related reason. And average, uh, on average, that's eight Christians killed every day for their faith. Eight. Happening in our world right now. Eight. Because they claim to be Christians. Eight people on average... Every day in our world. We, we need to be praying for those people, church. 9,488 churches or Christian buildings were attacked out of hatred, burned to the ground or, or attacked. 3,711 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned simply because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to listen to a young lady's story of how these sobering statistics hit home for many Christians around the world. Tara is a 15-year-old uh, young lady from India, and she lives in the same house as her family, but she has been total, or totally rejected by them because of her faith in Jesus. It's the only reason. 15 years old, living in a home with her family, and she's been totally rejected by them because of her faith in Jesus. Nobody in the house talks to her or even allows her to go into the kitchen in case she pollutes the food and water with her unclean faith. She's forced to work as a day laborer just to make ends meet. She became a Christian after she was healed from an illness. She found a, uh, she found a, a peace she hadn't known before. But it also put her life in upheaval. She says, my parents told me, you are ashamed to the family. Our community detests us because you go to church. 
Either leave Jesus or forget the relationship you have with us. She remembers him saying, Today I still live in my house with my parents and the rest of my siblings, but I am totally rejected. She continues, I am confined to a small room. I have been warned not to talk to the rest of the people in the house. Nobody speaks to me. I am estranged in my own home. She reflects on her, on her, on her, on her journey since accepting Jesus. Because of persecution, listen to this. Because of persecution, I once tried leaving Jesus, but I felt empty, she says. There is a void in life which can never fill without him. I, I cannot leave him. Tara is tearful as she shares more about her brothers, her brother and siblings. Local door open, uh, local doors, partners hope to help her get admission to a better school with shelter provisions and to, to supply some of her basic daily needs. Listen to this final statement, she says. Please pray for my family that they may know the Lord soon and accept me. I really miss them, she says. Though she seems def desperate because of her challenges, she clearly has a faith that sustains her. And again, you can go to opendoors.org opendoors, um, and see some of these statistics if you're interested. Understand, as the birth pains increase in intensity and frequency, there will be no safe place for the church anymore. Currently, we are seeing some of the most intense persecution that the world has ever seen. The United States, where we live, has been shielded from this persecution. But as Jesus clearly states, this will not always be the case. Which leads us to the third sign in and against the church falling away. Verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from their faith and will, and will betray and hate each other. In this verse, Jesus is describing a massive backsliding from the faith. Jesus says that there must be this massive falling away or backsliding before his return happens. Now, at this time, I, I don't believe there is a massive Falling away from, from the church. Even with the younger generation not attending the church in great numbers. We can, we can uh, expect according to Jesus that there will be a falling away in great numbers before he returns. There are basically two things that Jesus describes in Matthew 24 concerning this falling away. Number one. Persecution will reveal, please hear me, persecution will reveal the false nature of counterfeit faith. Jesus clearly states that because of the persecution, many will fall away from the faith. I truly believe this will be especially true in America because of the belief 
that once you are a Christian, everything is supposed to be great. And the attitude as well of once saved, always saved. I've met people over the years that, that I tell them I'm a pastor. And they go, yeah, I tried. I tried being a Christian once, but nothing changed in, in my life. I still had troubles and all those things. And which I, I asked them, well, what, what did you begin to change in your life so God could begin to work with you? Because we tend to see to teach a Christian ease in America that, that, yeah, when I become a Christian, it's easy peasy. To become a Christian means that you're going to turn from your sin. You're going to come out of addictions. God's going to work in you. And it's not going to be easy all the time. Yes, it's going to be much better. I can testify to that. But it's, you're a work in progress. And also the attitude of once saved always saved in in the American church, I think hurts more people than helps people. God will never, never let you out of his hand. I totally agree with that scripture 100% that God will never let you go, right? He's going to hold on to you in in times of trouble and all that. He's going to walk with you. But it doesn't say God has such a tight grip on you that you can't leave him. Because I believe you can. You, you don't give up your free will and you become a Christian. You become a follower of Christ. Well, that person, they would say, well, that person was never a follower. But now we're judging people's hearts and we can't do that. I know that some of you totally disagree with the one saved, always saved. But, uh, you know, I just pray that you would research it. Because Jesus says there will be many who fall away. So does that mean many are not believers? Many will fall away. You see, it is with that, that attitude, people will be able to walk away from Jesus because they really never had any skin in the game, so to speak, right? Jesus said this in John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. So we should have an attitude that, hey, as a believer, I'm going to be hated by the world. I'm going to be persecuted in some small ways to either greater ways, maybe even being martyred, being killed for your faith. It it may happen. Jesus is telling us to be to be ready, but don't fall away. Stand firm in your faith. Like this young lady we just read about, Tara. And number two, the second following way that Jesus talks about will be this. Many will betray and hate each other. Hate will rise like never before in our world. As bad as it seems now, it's going to get worse. Hate will rise like never before in our world. Sadly, according to Jesus, it will be in the church as well. The Apostle Paul, he wrote this concerning the last days and how great this hate will become. He said, but mark this in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Does that sound like life is going to be easy peasy until Jesus comes back? Sitting in your huddle of four, kumbaya, here comes the Lord. Jesus, Mark, or Paul is telling us through, through the anointing, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's writing these things. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, 
unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. In other words, talking the talk as Christians but not walking the walk. They will love what the world has to offer more than they will love the fellowship and the unity of the church. Now one more time. Just as I have been saying at the end of each message in this series. Be of good cheer because Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. I pray he's preparing a place for you tonight. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You see, that's the great, that's the great hope we have. This world is not our home. We're passing through this place. Our home is where Jesus is preparing for those that love and obey him and follow him and, and search for his plan, his placement, all those things we've been talking about on, on um, every morning in our daily connection. Jesus is preparing a place for us. And we need not to hold on to the things of this world, church. Because where we're going, no eye has seen or ear has heard the wonders of uh, that he has stored up for those that choose to accept his loving gift of grace. The grace that he gave as he died on the cross, right? As he died on the cross, as he shed his blood once and for all. The sacrificial gift who knew no sin for us. So that we could accept that gift of forgiveness. And repent. Repent means to turn. Repent doesn't mean we cry a little and then we go on. Repent means we, we cry and we, we, we are sorry for our sins. But it also means we turn the other way. and We walk away from our sin. And some sin's hard to walk away from. And we do fall. And, but we get up and we come around. We ask people to hold us accountable. And we come out of that, that sinful lifestyle. And that's what it's talking about here. And that's what a believer, a born-again, a disciple of Jesus does with their life. And I pray that those of you that are born again would take this time and say, Lord, seek, search my heart, search my motives. Where am I with you? And Lord, put a light on it. And Lord, help me grow, help me transform out of those things that displease you to become more like your son. And for those of you that are maybe watching this tonight and you don't know Jesus, but you, you want to know him and you want to be his, you want to be a co-heir of the kingdom, you want to be a child, you want to be a born-again disciple of Jesus, you can do that right now. You can say, Lord, I I'm sorry for the things I've done. You, 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 you admit, it becomes you first admitting that you're a sinner. That you have done things against God who, who knows no sin. You've done things against others. You've hurt yourself and you've hurt others. You recognize that. 
He said, I don't want that lifestyle anymore. So Lord, I'm sorry for those things. I am a sinner. And then you, and then you have to, you, you say with your mouth, you say, Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I, I may not fully understand how that works, but I know because you died on the cross that you were a sinless person, that you shed your perfect blood, the perfect sacrifice once and for all. The curtain was torn in the Holy of Holies. There's no more place needed. I don't need a priest to come before God. I, I can come before you with a repentful, sorrowful heart, and, and you are there to meet me. So I, I, I say, Lord, thank you for going to the cross for me. And then you just say, Lord, now please, please, please just come into my life like the Word of God says and fill me. Change me, transform me. That's what you do. And I can testify to you. That's what I did many, many years ago. And God has changed me. God has changed me. He, he has taken me from a, a life of drunkenness and a, a life of worldly living. And, and he's transformed me and he changed me. Am I perfect? No, by any means, I am not perfect. I am a work in progress. I, I still have sinful thoughts. I still have sin in my life. But I have changed from who I used to be. And I'm a work in progress. I, I'm no longer on this plateau. I'm growing in my faith. And I'm, uh, and I'm up here because God is transforming me. And you can have that same life tonight. Let's pray. Father, we do. We come before you tonight. And Lord, we are so thankful that we can see signs of the times and, and line them up with, where, uh, with what the Word of God says and know that your return could be at any time. But Lord, if it's tonight or if it's years from now, God, what matters is what we do with what we hear from the Word of God now, that we are ready to stand up against any persecution. We are ready to stand up against anybody that might want to deceive us. And we can go to the word of God and, and know that this isn't how Jesus is going to come back when people try to manipulate and do those things, God. So I pray that we would be ready for those things. And God, that I, I just pray that you would do a work in each one of our hearts our minds. I pray for those that don't know you. I, I, I pray for uh, the persecuted church tonight, Lord, around the world. I pray for, for Tara. I pray, God, that uh, whatever her circumstances are now, that you would, you would meet every need she has. I pray you would bring salvation to her house through her testimony, God. Protect this girl. Protect all those that are being persecuted around the world, Lord. May the church cry out for them. And God, strengthen us as born-again disciples of Jesus, Lord. Help us to stand up under any persecution that may come. And Lord, help us, Lord, not to, to fall in the world, to not to have an attitude that we are trying to have both feet in the world so that we may be deceived and backslide and lose our faith. Lord, help us to walk with you each and every day. I thank you for your time tonight, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Lord willing, we will see you tomorrow morning, if you can, our 9.30 a.m. right here with the Daily Connection. Have a great night. God bless.